Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week we have our repeat guest, Dave DeBow. Been a been a few years since we had Dave on here. If you're interested to listen to more Dave, go back to episode 132. Um, he talks us all about capital raising. Um, but anyway, Dave, let's give them, uh, let's redo your intro. Let uh, people know a little bit about you. Hey, Glenn, thanks so much for having me come back on your show, my man, my favorite Canadian podcaster investing in the U.S. of A. Yeah, so Glenn, I've been in and around real estate, uh, well, actively since 2003, after living overseas, not in the U.S.A., but actually in, in Costa Rica, brought my Costa Rican family kicking and screaming to the uh, frozen hinterlands of Canada, <laughs> settled down in Kamloops. And I had to start all over again from scratch. And you know, I didn't hadn't sold my business in Costa Rica, so I didn't have much money. I've been gone so long, I had zero credit. I was self-employed for so long, I was unemployable, except maybe at McDonald's. So it was all about, hey, what the hell am I going to do to make a buck? And do you remember those? You're kind of a, you're much younger than I am, Glenn. But back in the olden days, there used to be these things called infomercials oh, that yeah. came on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably a little kid eat your cereal watching TV, seeing those every <laughs> once in a while. Anyhow. I'm 40. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> punk, young punk. Don't brag. <laughs> Anyhow, I saw this infomercial that says, you too can get rich in real estate with little or no money down. I said, perfect. That's what I got. So I sent away. It was an American guru with all his American stuff. And I sent away, got the course and put it to use in Kamloops, BC. And guess what? It actually works here in Canada, this creative real estate type stuff. Who'd have not? Who'd have thunk? And I did uh, 18 deals in 18 months which may or may not sound impressive. Uh, some of them were really good, pretty deals. Most of them were ugly, mediocre, uh, little trailers and trailer park type things. Uh, anything that I could get into creatively is what I was focusing on. And then that turned into eventually getting into what we call tenant first rent to own type deals. And then that eventually turned into multifamily investing. And then I very quickly realized that I suck as a uh, as a landlord i suck at the active side of things so these days i'm more of a passive partner in a few uh, larger type deals and um i've, I've really dialed things in my, my backgrounds around marketing yep. that's the one thing i'm pretty good at and and i help other people to raise capital for their deals to attract investors and raise private capital so that's been my main focus for the last 10 years yeah and that's uh I think I told you this, maybe I even brought it up on our show like a couple of years ago, but before COVID, I went to go see Dave, uh, you're speaking in Ajax, and I could have went and saw Tony Robbins that night, and I were like, I really want to see Dave, and I, I I drove all the way out to Ajax, which is like a two-hour drive. Uh, well, I, I you didn't know this, Glenn, but I told Tony not to let you in the door, so you had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that, man. That was, I, I still remember that, too. You, you stuck out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was I, like, uh, it was one of those things like, you know, you, you talk to people, even you talk to them on a podcast and it's just not the same as meeting them in person. I always want to, you know, make the drive, right. Make the drive, yeah, people yeah. put the, you know, shake the hand anyway. Anyway, we'll get off topic already. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to teach us some stuff today. What are we, what are we learning? Hey, you know what, man, last time I was on the show, I think I was talking about the whole how to raise capital process, which is great. But today I thought we'd do something a little bit different and talk to how people can raise their profile in order to raise capital. So again, 
a lot of your followers, obviously, Glenn, are, are interested in investing in the U.S. as Canadians primarily. And one of the challenges you're going to come up with is coming up with the money to do more deals, even though properties tend to be a lot more affordable in the U.S. of A. than in Canada these days. Yep. You still have to come up with a significant amount of money for down payments, renovation costs, all that kind of stuff. Getting financing can be a little bit more challenging as a foreigner investing in the States. So what are some of the ways that once you're kind of going, you've done your first deal or two, how can you, you know, boost your credibility and attract more people to you so you can bring on joint venture partners, investors, other people's money, that sort of thing. So I thought maybe we could talk about, uh, I put together a little presentation. It's called Be Seen, Get the Green, Eight Ways to Raise Your Profile and Raise Capital. I love it. So people, if you're listening to this, because like 95% of you are listening to this, um, we're going to do our best to make sure we give you all the information through spoken word. But you want to get some slides, you want to see the details of this. Uh, I am releasing this on YouTube, on my YouTube channel as well. So you can go over there and you actually get to see the presentation. <laughs> exactly. But we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk it through. That's for sure. So are you able to see this on the screen there? I see it. it looks beautiful. Showing up. All right. There we go. I got the wrong date on that. This was a presentation <laughs> I did at our local uh, real estate investment club, but that's what this is all about. So what we're going to be talking about is, you know, being seen as someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to real estate investing, especially down in the States, makes it so much easier to raise capital. So the 80-20 rule applies to many, many different things. The Pareto principle, it definitely applies to real estate investors. 80% of real estate investors are struggling with just a few properties in their portfolio. 20% are rocking and rolling and own 80% of the properties. So the question is, what's the big difference? And the big difference is the, the top 20% have dialed it in with using other people's money, specifically raising private capital. And in order for people to invest with you, there are three things that have to be in place. They need to know you, they need to like you, and they need to trust you. Would you agree with that, Glenn? You've been you've been in the business for quite some time. Totally agree. That's, yeah, and that's the big that's the big challenge. Exactly, the trust factor is really one of the big the big challenges. So what we're going to talk about here today is really a way to build up that credibility to amplify your credibility in the eyes of your prospective investors. So I've got this whole thing that I call my money partner formula. It's a, you know, it's a three phase process. And what we're going to be talking about here today is step, the last step in our last phase, which is the leverage uh, phase here. So we're all about boosting your credibility. So what we're going to be talking about is how to be seen as an authority instantaneously, how to build a platform, which you definitely know a thing or two about there, Glenn, how to be seen as a leader, how to polish up your personal image when it comes to raising capital, what to say and how to say it when you are talking to prospective investors, what you leave behind after you've spoken with somebody, pretty, pretty pictures. And last but not least, getting free exposure using what I call the other OPM. So when I say OPM, Glenn, what, is, what does that mean to you? Other people's the money. All right. Well, so we got a different version here and I'll tell you what that is <laughs> okay. uh, at the end. So again, we already talked a little bit about my, my background. So yep. the first big way to get this kind of exposure, to get that instant credibility is to become an author. Nothing says authority like being an author. In fact, that's where the word authority comes from. So that's why if you guys are seeing this, you might look behind you and see there are a whole bunch of books on the bookshelf there. I've uh, written or co-authored eight different books at this time. 
not because I'm particularly gifted as a writer, not even because I like writing, just because I love the effect of having a book, the, the effect of using that. Because my definition of a book is a little bit different than some other folks' definition here, Glenn. My definition of a book is that it's a business card on steroids. <laughs> that is what a book is. This picture is so, awesome if you want, if you're seeing this. <laughs> we try to make it fun. So that's <laughs> that's what a book is. And so I want to give you an example. A good friend of mine was uh, was on a plane one time, and he, I don't remember where he's traveling, but he's traveling in business class. And he was sitting beside a gentleman and they started up a conversation and they kind of hit it off. And the gentleman said, Hey, you know, as the flight was wrapping up, give me your business card. And my friend, instead of giving him the business card, gave him a copy of his book and signed it for the guy. The guy was completely blown away Ooh. and ended up doing business with him instantaneously on the spot because nothing says authority like being an author. All right. So that's one, one big idea there. What we're going to do here is we're going to talk about the, the difficult ideas, and then we get to the easier ones at the end. All right. So some of these are, are a little bit challenging. This one you definitely know all about, Glenn. It's called... Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Building up a promotional fat platform and a following, okay? So what is a promotional platform? It's a way that we can, as real estate entrepreneurs, we can showcase ourselves to a wider audience, okay? And this is a way to create, share content, and it promotes your real estate investing business while engaging with people at the same time. So your goal is to increase awareness, it's to attract investors, and it's to raise capital. So the beautiful thing is you've got this completely dialed in. And there's all sorts of different ways that you can have a platform. You know, one of them would be a simple one is having your own website. So yeah. if you've got your own website, that's your own little piece of online real estate. You own that. So there's an example of one of my websites. A Facebook group is another platform. So if you've got a Facebook group going and you're kind of the leader of that and you're actively involved in that group, that's a great platform. A real estate investment club, you know, if you're part of one or if you start one up, you don't even have to start one up. Just actively participate. Be one of the directors of a real estate investment club. That goes a long way. In fact, Glenn, you and I were just talking before we pressed go yep. about uh, the right club in Ontario and, and a few different clubs. And and I can tell you, I think that there's five people that are kind of the directors of the right club. All of them, I've seen how their real estate investing businesses have exploded since they started that club. So just being, you don't have to be the one and only, but just being part of that is huge. And then here's the one that you've got completely dialed in, my friend, and that is having your own podcast. So you've been running a podcast for, when did you start yours, Glenn? Uh, in January was five years ago. So five and a half years, almost. Making my, making, math. Math. So making my head work with all this math. So what was that, 2018? Yeah. 
Yeah. So I started mine as well, just at the end of 2018. So you've been going for, for longer than I have with yours and, and yours is doing amazingly, amazing well, but having a podcast and sticking to it. So Glenn, I think you're on episode 260 something now. It's, it's well, one a week for five years. You air this. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. In the, we're in the two sixties. It's aired out right this week. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time you hear this one, it's probably the two seventies. So it's, it's, it's that consistency of Week in, week out, doing it. Would you say that uh, that your podcast has grown significantly over the last few years, but was sucking wind a little bit for the first, I don't know, couple of years or months or whatever it was? Yeah. At the yeah, no. But the thing is, well, yeah, I maybe I'm going off track, but all the start it does. You don't get a lot of traction. You'll get like your thirty listens every single episode. And the way I justified it is like if I was going to go speak at the Right Club, if I was going to go speak at KWC REI or Onria. I would show up to speak in front of 30 people for sure. You would. Yeah. And I just, it just, you know, people, you have these expectations, you're expecting thousands, but it takes time. <laughs> most definitely. It most definitely does. And then we hear about these guys like Joe Rogan, that get millions, millions of people, <laughs> Tim Ferriss and all these rock star podcasters get these amazing listen numbers, but you're exactly right. That's the right mentality. Like if you could show up in front of five, 10, 15, 30 of your ideal potential investors and literally be in their heads for 15, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever the length of the podcast is, that is huge. That is absolutely huge. So don't worry about huge numbers right off the get-go, but that's a great, a great platform to set up. But again, it's a long-term thing. And this is why, Glenn, I don't know if you've seen the stats lately, but last time I, I saw most podcasters don't make it past seven episodes. Yep, same thing. <laughs> same thing. It's, it's amazing. All right. So that persistency. Uh, so podcast, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I've just started one of these. This is another one of these things that is a massive amount of work. I tell you what, but I've seen people, uh, my friend, uh, Ted Thomas down in the States, gentleman's in his eighties for crying out loud. He's got a, a podcast channel all on investing in tax liens and tax notes. He sucked wind for the first year doing that thing. And then it just kind of like your podcast, it just really exploded after that. So I've started my own YouTube channel, a lot of work there. Don't do that unless you're ready to really commit. Um, and then other different things are a little bit simpler. Another way, instead of starting your own platform, you can go out and you can speak at real estate investment groups. In fact, uh, here's me speaking at Ted's group. Here's me speaking at the right club before it was even called the the right club. It was called the so right club at that time years ago. Um, it's a great way to be seen as a leader because I, I don't know if you found this Glenn, but just the fact that you're willing to get up on stage in front of a group of people gives you instant credibility, unless you completely screw up as soon as you open your mouth. But you know, <laughs> if you're worried about that, then go ahead and go get some training. Toastmasters is the best thing that I've ever seen. And because I've been willing to go and speak on stages, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak on stage with some pretty uh, impressive people, including Robert Kiyosaki himself and um, big George Foreman. <laughs> We're showing pictures here, you guys. So this is a picture <laughs> of George Foreman sitting down and me standing up. Look at the size of this guy. He's a monster, all right? Uh, Robert Herjavec. Ted Thomas, uh, late, great, Stefan Arnio, all sorts of folks. And again, if you're scared spitless, like most people are of public speaking, just take some Toastmasters training, you guys. Just take a couple of months of that. That will get you ready to go. Then go speak at your local real estate investment club. Just do a little five-minute thing to get started with. 
and then just, you know, really get starting from there. Then what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you do yeah. quite a bit. Of oh, even too. still, like, even if you're terrified of it, you'll get some, like the slight practice. You go to a lot of the meetups at the end, they'll go like, hey, if anyone wants, you get two minutes if you want to go up and talk about what you're working on. Just take that opportunity. Be terrified for two minutes and it'll get easier every time you go up. Exactly. And if you want the shortcut, go take Toastmasters. Yeah. Oh, definitely. definitely. It's That's much better. just a, it's so, I've seen so many people just blossom from Toastmasters. It's huge. All right. Another pick, quick tip here, you guys. This really deals with if you're speaking with a prospective investor, if you're meeting with a prospective investor, then I'm going to recommend that you kind of dress the part. Or if you have the opportunity, you're speaking in public, dress up a little bit because, you know, not everybody has been blessed with Brad Pitt, good looks, <laughs> amazing wit, charm, and modesty like some of us. <laughs> okay, maybe not, but do the best with what you got, right? Because this reminds me, Glenn, back in the day, I think before we met, I was working with a Canadian real estate guru, kind of the Canadian version of Robert Kiyosaki for a while. And we do these big events all across the country and get hundreds of, of people, you know, 500 to 1,000 people out to an event kind of thing. And every time the guy I was working with, he would, he would bring out two people on stage. He'd ask for two real estate volunteers, two people who were doing real estate deals. And he always picked one who was well-dressed, and another one who looked like a slob. And sometimes the slobby looking person actually had a hell of a lot more experience and a much bigger portfolio than the young whippersnapper that was all sharply dressed. But what we do is we get them up there and then the guy would say, hey, based on what you see, before these guys open their mouths, who would you be more likely to have a conversation about investing in real estate with? And inevitably all the hands went up for the well-dressed person. And the slobbly dressed person, his wife might put his hand, her hand up just to give him a little moral support. But it just, it, it just proved, you know, people do judge a book by its cover quite often. So if you've got the opportunity, make sure you're dressing up. We are sharing a picture here, you guys. Uh, this is a gentleman that uh, we went to a Kiyosaki event years ago in yeah. Scottsdale. This guy was part of our groupie. And, and at that time, it was when those makeovers were a big thing. Do you remember that, Glenn? Yep. When those personal makeover type things were doing. So Kiyosaki said, hey, who wants to volunteer for a personal makeover? This guy put his hand up. He said, okay, great. Here's the deal. I'm not paying for any of it. And you got to buy whatever the guy tells you that you're going to be wearing. <laughs> so he went up with the guy, got a haircut, got a suit, the whole thing, showed up the next day. Nobody, like we all, we knew this guy and traveled with him. I did not recognize, he walked right by me. I did not recognize him. He got up on stage and we all thought, hey, Here's a surprise speaker or something like that. And then they put up the before and after picture and it was mind boggling. Was there anything that was changed about the guy in 24 hours? Nothing. It's just the way he looks. Would you say that that's a pretty radical transition, Glenn? Oh, definitely. His, yeah, definitely. The hair is so different. And he's, he just, uh, he, he does, he's probably standing exactly the same, but his posture even looks different. He's, he looks, looks so much more confident. confident. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it, it really is. It, it is amazing. Now, is it right? Is it fair? Is it the way the world should be? You know, no, <laughs> but it is, but it, it is what it is. So you got to kind of work with things or you're going to be just fighting against human nature. All right. Now, another quick tip here is what you say. So when you meet people and they're, you know, you're, you're doing that awkward, like, Hey, what do you do? How do you do all that kind of stuff? Most of us really suck at this, right? And we say, hey, you know, yeah, I do a little real estate investing and I'm a plumber by trade and, you know, I've got three kids and yada, yada, what the whole thing. And it's kind of boring. And if you're at a networking event and you bore somebody, 
they're going to kind of might politely make a quick exit. So I think what we want to do is we want to come up with a way to create curiosity to get that conversation going. And Glenn, I don't know if they're still doing it, but back in the day, people used to talk a lot about having your elevator pitch ready to go. Are, are you still hearing people talking and training about this these days? Yeah, no, I, I still, I still have mine. <laughs> I've got mine like rehearsed. I know exactly what I say. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's working for somebody. Cause I, I tell you what, I've got mine. Let me, let me, let me try and remember mine from back in the day when I was doing yeah. my, uh, my, my rent tone deals and somebody say, so go ahead and say, Dave, what do you do? So Dave, what do you do? Well, thanks for asking Glenn. I help deserving local families who can't quite qualify for a mortgage right now get into the house of their dreams years earlier than they could on their own while at the same time helping my investor partners and myself get an above average return on our investment how about you glenn what do you do uh i invest in the united states i take people's money and we provide above average returns and I, like what I do when I do mine is I try to keep it really blank. And then I turn the conversation around to ask them what they do. And if they're interested, then they're like, well, a lot of times they pull me aside and be like, exactly. hey, what kind of returns do you get? What do you give those investors? I, I just try to, I just get a, a quick one. I don't exactly. You know what? That's exactly right. You're doing it the right way. I'm doing it the wrong way. Even though mine might've sounded kind of slick. The problem is the way I did mine, it's all kind of me, 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 me. You know what I mean? The yeah. way you do yours, it's much more conversational, much more natural, doesn't come across as a commercial, right? And the best one I ever heard, Glenn, okay. was Julie Broad. And Julie's a, a very successful real estate entrepreneur and a trainer. And she just came up with one. And when people asked her, hey, Julie, what do you do? She said, I collect houses. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I collect house. And then it, it was, now if it was at a real estate event, people know what that means, but most normal human beings would go, what do you mean you collect houses? What, what kind of, you know? So it started that conversation. And just like you do, it creates that curiosity, hooks them in, and then you get them asking you about what you're up to. Does that make that sense? So much better to have them asking you than you pushing it on oh, them. God. Yeah. Well, you know that. You've got you, that dollar. I'd rather have a push than or a pull than a push, right? Good. Well said. I completely agree. So you already got this dialed in, my friend. Congratulations. I I was a slow learner there. <laughs> okay. Now, the other thing is, what do you leave people behind after you've met somebody? If you don't have your own book, then chances are you've got a business card, or at least you should have a business card. Yep. People are saying, well, Dave, duh, your business card, pretty common sense. It's not rocket science, but most people's business cards, Glenn, suck. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a real estate meetup or a group and I get a card from somebody or worse yet, there's a whole bunch of cards at the back table, just kind of sitting there gathering dust. And it looks like it was printed out on an old dot matrix printer at home, you know, it's got the perforated things for the people cutting it out and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, yeah. Do it yourself from Staples. Don't do that. Especially if you're looking to raise capital, you guys. This is something that you want to invest a few bucks in. I mean, think about it. If you're trying to get a joint venture partner on board who's going to invest 50 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand, whatever it is with you, do you want to come across as a cheapskate? <laughs> or do you want to kind of go a little bit on the higher end side that the cognac and caviar, the cigar and caviar type type situation. So what I always recommend is really get a sharp looking business card. And I, I learned this from 
buddy of mine, Dan Locke, years ago, because he had this card, and I went, holy crap, Dan, that's the nicest looking card I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's a, It was this black plastic card with gold foil inlay, literally painted on by hand, or there's some hands-done part of the process. But here's the thing. You get this card, and you go, holy crap, it's it's substantial, and people go, wow, it has the wow factor, and people feel guilty about giving it away. All right. So if you're watching the video, you're getting a, an example of what the card looks like. It doesn't really do it justice because there's a picture, but the that's that's the impression that you want to leave behind us. You want somebody to feel guilty about throwing your business card away. Does that make sense, Glenn? It does. It totally makes sense. And it's all about the image. You, you keep talking about the image and it's, um, you think about people even who are going to go invest in say RSPs and they'll go to the building that's all glass and beautiful or rather the one that's just sitting in the strip mall, right? They do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you're absolutely right. That's a good way of doing it. So I'll put it up a little, here's, you can see it's all nice and shiny there. That, oh, that's... yeah, it looks good. <laughs> so those cards go a long way. They they make a big difference. Uh, another tip for, for folks invest in pretty pictures. What do I mean by pretty pictures? Get some professional headshots done. And that means you hire a photographer and you get them to take a series of pictures of you, different poses, looking sharp, right? So um, invest a few bucks in that. I know quite often if you go to real estate groups and meetups and and stuff like that, or or specific events, there's an opportunity sometimes to get professional headshots done. If you don't have any, take that, take people up on that. Uh, if you don't want to wait that long, hire a local photographer. It'll cost a few hundred bucks, but it's definitely worth it. And then get them, make sure that you can, you've got a transparent background. So you can take these, you can take these images and you can uh, create a PNG from them. So you can put them on your, your website anywhere and they're transparent in the background. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one last one as we're wrapping up here, my friend, because I know we're coming up on the half hour. One of my favorites I'll tell you a little bit about this, but first let's go back to this. Remember we talked about OPM, what that means. And everybody thinks it means other people's money. Well, yeah, it does. But what I'm going to say here is other people's media, Uh other people's media. This is a fantastic shortcut for folks to boost their credibility is to be interviewed on other people's media, right? So just like I'm having the pleasure of of being on your show right now, right? That's, that's why (laughs) Um, you know, at, at this point, I think, Jesus, it's, it's been 150 plus different shows that I've been on. And, and that's why I put a lot of focus on this. So try to get on somebody else's YouTube channel or their Facebook group for Facebook live or somebody's podcast, just like we're doing this. And because there's so much value in being interviewed, it's going to be a, an immediate way to boost your credibility because a good podcast like yours, Glenn, this is just, it attracts a large and and really engaged audience. So if you're featured as a guest, I get to hang out with the, the cool kids with, with Glenn <laughs> and that coolness kind of rubs off on me, right? Same thing for you, right? So big thing here. Next thing is it really helps increase your visibility, obviously. So Glenn, when you're first starting your podcast, you're getting 20, 30, 40 listeners per episode. Now you're getting three, 4,000 ep- listeners per episode. That's a huge, huge difference. So, you know, it gets you a really wide and increasing visibility. It's a great way to network because here's what I can do after I've been interviewed by, you know, Rockstar Glenn, then I can also kind of take a look at who have been some of the other people that Glenn has has interviewed in the past. And I can reach out to them on social media. I can connect with them or I can DM them. And we've got something in common. 
Hey, Joe, I see that you were interviewed by our mutual friend, Glenn, on his amazing podcast. I think that it would be great if you and I connected. And that way you've got an instant in. Does that make sense, Glenn? Oh, it, it's incredibly valuable. You know, the, the old uh, cliche, the, your network is your net worth. It is totally true. You get to meet people that you wouldn't have been able to meet. You can go, you know, you want to you wanna meet like Grant Cardone, go try and see if you can get on his podcast, right? Exactly. You get him on your, yeah. you want anybody you want to meet, like, and then you, you're posing yourself as an expert as well. So you actually get some time, FaceTime with these people. If you just called them up and said, could I get time in their office? You're like, no. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But they'll interview you on your podcast. Yeah. It's also a great way to share, to give back a little bit. A lot of people I know, Glenn, really like the idea of inspiring and educating people and helping other people avoid some of the mistakes and hardships that they've gone through. So they, it's a great way to inspire and educate. And it's also, if you're a techie, it's a good way for you know boosting up your search engine optimization. You can have links from other people's podcasts back to your site and vice versa. So all sorts of benefits there. So I want to leave people with some actionable things they can do if they're interested in being interviewed on somebody's podcast. Because I know a lot of folks are really nervous about this. And I'm going to I'm here to tell you, there's definitely nothing to be nervous about as long as you do it the right way. Okay, so first thing is, big tip for getting booked as a podcast guest, is know what it is that you want to accomplish. What are you really looking to, to get and provide with this podcast. Are you you're looking to get exposure to new people? What I recommend to my clients, actually, Glenn, is it's a great way to boost your credibility in the eyes of your existing connections. Because a lot of people are kind of like the best kept secret within their circle of friends and family members and coworkers and business associates. Nobody really knows what the hell you're doing, right? So if you, but if you get interviewed on somebody else's podcast and then you share that interview with your circle, they're going to go, wow, Dave must know what the hell he's talking about. Otherwise, Glenn wouldn't have him on his show, right? That's It, it yeah. just, it has that association, right? Or do you want to connect with the host like we were talking about there? You just want to get practice. You want to share your story, inspire somebody. But go in knowing what it is that you really want to accomplish. Tip number two, have an interesting hook, right? So, you know, if you're doing burr deals in Ontario, great. There's a gazillion people doing burr deals in Ontario. What can you bring to the show that's a little bit different, right? So what's your unique experience? What's your different strategy? So Glenn, people love having you on their show because you're the Canadian investing in the US and there's so much interest in yep. that. That's one of the reasons I've loved having you on my show over the years as well, right? It's a yep. little bit different what you're doing or it's very different. Yep. Um, a great backstory. You've got some sort of a secret sauce or you've got some exceptional results. So have that interesting hook. And then here's a big one. I don't know about you, Glenn, but I have so many people approaching me to be on the show that are just kind of like, you know, thumping their, you know, especially the big time gurus and the authors and all that kind of stuff. It's, or they have PR firms trying to get them on the show, that sort of thing. And it's, it's always about them. The yeah. best one I ever saw, Glenn, and this worked like gangbusters. This lady reached out to me. She wanted to be on my show. But the way she reached out was so amazing. She, she sent me an email. She said, Dave, loved your show. I listened to a few episodes. I really liked this episode about that you interviewed so-and-so about such and such. I really, and then she mentioned something specific from that episode that she was a big takeaway. I loved it so much. I left you a five-star rating and a review. Here's what I wrote. She took a screenshot of the review that she sent me, uh, that she gave for me, put that in there. 
And then she said, um, not sure if it'd be a good fit or not, but here's what I talk about. And if you think this would be a value to your audience, I'd love to be considered to be on your show, right? Instantaneously, bang, I booked her in. I just, and then I immediately swiped that approach and, <laughs> <laughs> and got booked in on like a hundred podcasts in, in a year type thing. So it, it works like gangbusters. All right. So always, you know, lead with the giving hand there. Okay. So that's again, why I've been able to uh, people on stuff too. I, um, um, a lot of people don't like, I maybe not, I don't usually do name jobs, but, um, Brady McDonald and I got to be like good buddies and we've been hanging out pretty much every month for like last year and a half before that we didn't even know each other. And it all started from him just tagging and say, I love this podcast. And I was just like, who is this guy? And I'm like, <laughs> people love compliments. I was like, I need to figure out who this guy is and started a conversation. It turned into a whole relationship, friendship, businesses, yeah. speaking gigs. Like it's turned into so much just from the networking behind it. Um, it's so powerful just to give someone a compliment. It is. And Brady is a smart guy. Like he led, led with the giving hand, right? Instead of making an ask, it, it works really, really well. So, and then leverage your appearance, right? So when you get interviewed on a podcast, don't just kind of sit there passively take screenshot. In fact, here's what I always recommend. When you're getting interviewed, take a screenshot of you and the person who's interviewing you and then put that up on social media. Just got interviewed by Glenn Sutherland on his podcast. He's such a smart guy. So sexy. Loved it. It was great. So you put that out there, post it on the social. And then when the episode comes out again, just like, you know, you're talking about with Brady there, make a big deal about it. Share that, tag the person, let people know all about that. So make sure that you leverage your appearance. Okay. So again, this has worked really, really well for me. Yeah. And hopefully this was helpful. And if any of your listeners or followers are interested in actually being a podcast guest, is it okay, Glenn, if I invite them yeah, to be, get them. Let's, uh, let's to apply it. to be a guest on the show? So here's yeah. what I'm doing, you guys. Uh, I've switched, switched focus on one of my podcasts because I'm a glutton for punishment. I've actually got two of them now. Um, and my property profits, real estate podcast. Now the focus is on interviewing everyday people investing in real estate. So it can be Canadians investing in the U S I've interviewed a, a number of people doing that. It can be people doing whatever it is. As long as you're actively investing in real estate, you're not, not looking for the gurus, not looking for the, you know, the, the, the authors, all that kind of stuff. I've already done a couple of hundred episodes interviewing all those kind of folks. Now I'm interviewing the mom and pop real estate investors who are actually in the trenches doing this stuff. And I'm looking for, at this point, uh, a few people to invest, to to um, interview in the next month or so. So if you're interested in that, it's a very easy, very conversational type interview. Great way for you to get practice, great exposure for you. All of the benefits we've talked about there. Uh, and you can just check it all out at daveinterviewsyou.com. daveinterviewsyou.com if you'd like to be a guest on the show. Yep, leverage Dave's network, become a, become an expert. Come, if, if you're investing in the US or somewhere in the world, um, come be a guest of my show as well, right? Always something to share, like, and you, you become an authority, you can leverage our networks and uh, you, can, you can grow your own business, right? It, it works. It definitely works, that's for sure, my friend. So you have any questions about that? We got, I know I've gone a little long, so I, I appreciate your, your no, indulgence there. No, it's fine. Like. You know, we just try to keep them short, but it doesn't have to be short, right? If we have a lot of stuff to cover, we have a lot of stuff to cover. So. Exactly. No, that's great. This has been a good time, my friend. 
Well, Dave, any, thank any you questions for the show. I, I appreciate it. That was that was awesome. I wrote even a bunch of notes down myself, stuff I need to work on. <laughs> All right, Glenn. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate the uh, the opportunity. And keep rocking and rolling with your show and with your course and with your speaking and with your investing. You are a you're a machine, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> you as well. <laughs> All right. Take care.